You're listening to the Wes and Walker Show. His thing was, he was always like, oh, I'm, you, you never let me taste your meat, et cetera, and so on. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I, I, you're such a hard marker when it comes to that kind of thing. I needed to perfect it in order to make sure that it was okay for him. It's Wes. Scarred the man for life. And Walker. No, I think that's fair. I think you needed to perfect your meat before Fiddy ate it. Sure. I think that's totally fair. <laughs> and not in any way crazy or inappropriate. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. Hey, look at my juicy brisket. Look at it. It's the gift that keeps on giving so much, in fact, that Stanford P, he wrote in when we talked about getting the hats from Willie P, he did ask if the hats were dry. Seriously? Really? Very drippy, Stanford. I'm telling you right now. Stanford P and I have had like a little bit of a a resurgence together. Like we were, we were not, we were not good for a while. I have no idea why. I don't know if it was because Liverpool was not doing well or something, but now Liverpool's doing well, and he, I think he's he's feeling better about life. But for whatever reason, now uh, now Stanford P has gotten salty. Some, sometimes that happens, though, with Stanford P. Like, he just got mad at me. He, he comes in and goes on the text line and waves, and then he got mad at me for bringing up basketball during the pa- soccer conversation. Panther Bo wants me dead, by the way, because of what I said mm. last week about Purdue, but well, it's okay. <laughs> Purdue can't lose, man, although UConn lost, and so that helps Purdue out a little yeah. bit more. So I also appreciate people texting in. Many, by the way, probably like 10 people texted in on the FanDuel text line, 704-570-9610, a link to Amazon so that we can all purchase metal Metal sports. sports, Ooh, we were ranking food utensils before you hopped in here, Willie. We got some people giving their opinions and their thoughts on it. Well, first we got to ask him if he frowns upon eating with a spoon outside of ice cream and cereal and soup. Yeah, Wes was Wes was informing us that apparently if you look or you're looked down upon if you use a spoon. And Fiddy, of course, is one of these people judging others for eating with a spoon. Do you judge <laughs> others for eating with a spoon? No, I like. I'll do a spoon with mac and cheese. I'm a big okay. spoon guy. I'm shocked. I did not think that he would. I love I love spoon with mac and cheese. I just you're too bougie if you're hating on a spoon. <laughs> you're way too bougie. I, n- I never knew this was a thing. We got people writing in. Michael, the 49er soup? fan. Are you, are you okay with soup? Well, of course. I hope so, Fiddy. He's asking you because you're the judgmental one. I mean, what else would you eat soup with if you're not eating well, it with a spoon? What, what, what is with the spoon slander? Look. He's using a spork for soup. I'm a big fan <laughs> of the verb spoon, but, you know, outside of, you know, ice cream and soup, there's really nothing. There's no cereal. Like eating what macaroni did, what did and like cheese the Michael, with, What did Michael C. Fina Company do to you with their spoons? Like, I, honestly, was you, were you tortured with a spoon at some point? I just don't know. Like, dude, who eats mac and cheese with a spoon? Who doesn't eat mac and cheese with a spoon? I don't know. I more, mine. Co- more coverage. More coverage. That's Wes's argument. Like, we're, we're, we're big boys here. We need to go ahead and, and get the most. Shovel it. <laughs> shovel that food, man. <laughs> I like it. You, Scoop it. Use a shovel. I'm a real man. <laughs> I use a shovel with my mac and cheese. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, so like at your Thanksgiving Day the, Palooza, the, is the, there the, a spoon the, in the, the silverware? Of course. Especially because of the uh, cranberry sauce, the applesauce, all kinds I use, of stuff. I use a fork for my cranberry sauce. The fork is the least versatile utensil in the history of the world. It does not make my top five food utensils list. Wow. It doesn't. How? For, I'm, because you use it the most, so how's it not in your top no, you five? Use, you use a knife probably uh, just as much. I mean, the knife is there as well, but also, I, I'm just saying what I enjoy the most 
like a fork is there for sure. But if we're just talking about what I enjoy using with my list, I can use a fork for everything I use a fork for. How often are you using a knife, though, outside of steak and maybe, you know. Man, if you're a meat and potatoes type of guy, I got to cut the meat. Center court. I need a knife for the butter, obviously. True, too. Yeah, man. Cutting a center cut pork chop or steak. I don't know much. I mean, you're not the guy that, you know, cuts his chicken, are you? No, oh. Fiddy. I grab it bare hand, caveman style, and and shovel pull, it like pull, Willie was pull, telling pull me. Pull it apart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you like, if you're eating chicken quarters, I mean, I guess you could just rip it for really? the most part. I'll rip it. Yeah. You use most. a fork to eat the chicken? No, I'll rip it. I guess that's true. <laughs> you know, like, if you're like, if you're like out at a dinner though, like if it's one of those things where you're like at a sit down meal and they give okay. you a chicken quarter, you gotta you gotta at least do something. You can't you can't be picking that up with a hand. All right, yeah. let's get to some of these text messages because salesman agrees with us. This is why the spork is the goat utensil. He says I'll also pound rice and corn with a spoon. So salesman yeah, rice, gets it. Rice is with a spoon too. Yeah. Yeah. Nine one zero says rice. It, 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 there's there's holes rice in, with a the, fork. in the fork. Man, y'all tripping a spoon gives you the bang for your buck. You get as much as you want each time. Y'all are boot. Yes. Yes. Y'all are bougie. Exactly. Delvis the Rock is saying chopsticks are the number one. And then 404 is saying, Walker, the bleep is a spraw. Never heard of that word in my life. Got to have a steak knife on the it, list. just said it, man. If, if you ever oh, had an icy, you get the spraw. Oh, yes. Yeah. Or like a Slurpee. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, so here are the top three on my list. Although the problem with the spraw is that. Didn't mean to interrupt you, Walker. But the problem with the spraw is that when you get to the end, it's very hard. You have to turn the spraw the other it. way around. That, that's the thing. It. All you got to do is flip it, man. You got to flip it to get the last little bit out of it. You flip it and forget it. Whatever happened to the old uh, the old Slurpee happy hour that we used to have with uh, with Fiddy? Did that go away? No. Uh, it's, it's coming back 7-Eleven. We're going to send Shrop to go get us all Slurpees. Yeah, when it's National Slurpee I'll have to huh? come in that day. You will. We can all enjoy our Slurpees. Can we, can we, can we throw a little vodka in the Slurpee? Look, man. I'm. I would enjoy that. Yeah, I'm no not going to talk about that on the airwaves, and maybe a certain program director hears that and has a problem with it. But right, I'll just blame you for that. Yeah. Uh, my great top- program director, like Jeff Rickard. Sorry. <laughs> there you go. Wow. Willie. <laughs> okay. Well, I didn't know we had that soundbite. Thanks Fitty for praising records him. records everything. You got to watch stuff around Fitty, man. Apparently, you can't. You can't get anything past these guys. Before yeah. we move on, Spork number one, Spraw number two. Chopsticks number three because they're just so much fun. The OG. I saw somebody else put on here. Don't forget about the handles that you put on either side of the corn on the cob yes. to make it easier. That's a great entry yeah. on the text line. Did they have those in your house, or were you eating uh, corn on the cob with a fork too? I don't eat corn, but yes, we had the corn on the cob handles. No and cor- then the no other cor- thing, no corn for you, huh? When you put the butter in the thing that you slide up and down the corn on the cob. That's also a really nice food utensil. Corn on the cob, a couple specialty ones, but also necessary to eat it. How, What's how, the thing that you use to put it on the corn? Man, so you get like this, where you put a little tiny square of butter, mm-hmm. and then you slide it up and down the piece of corn on the cob, and then you can easily spread your butter. Although, the spray butter is elite. Love the spray butter. I was just trying to think. I've never seen that utensil that you're talking about what, to, to, to rub the where butter. Where are we on the ladle? <laughs> I love that question. So, guys, this ladle everybody keeps we? talking about. Where are we? Hmm, what do we think? A uh, huge ladle fan. When people try to bring me something else to get, like, a stew out mm. or something like that, like just a big spoon. Nah, get the ladle out so I can also get more bang for my buck. Spoons on, spoons on the list. Number four. Welcome to the club. I How declare you- it right now. One of the things we did uh, when we were on vacation with my in-laws is that you go to you. You guys have heard of St. Elmo's Steakhouse in Indiana, which is the uh, 
the big uh, shrimp cocktail place, mm-hmm. they bring out the mini fork for the spoon for the uh, for the shrimp. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. I've gotten so good at just pulling the tail off of the shrimp to where I lose probably like two percent of my shrimp meat. It's good. You gotta squeeze it. <laughs> squeeze the tail. Got to squeeze the tail and then just pull it at the right speed a, and you're good. As opposed to the crawfish. So I don't really need the as small opposed pork. to the crawfish where you squeeze the tail, suck the head. That's right. Oh, uh, Fiddy, just so you know, when you eat the crawdads, that's all you have to do. You suck the head, you suck the meat out of that. And then you don't have to use your small fork for any of those shellfish. Me and Willie are here to teach you all about it. Dip it in the butter, too. Got to dip if it you, in the butter. If, if he wasn't in here, I wouldn't be laughing, but because he's back there dying. Well, it's because he's got the mind of a 12 year old. It's contagious. I maybe like taking advantage maybe, of that maybe, with Willie. Maybe that's even a little bit too conservatively estimating when it comes to 12. Probably. Maybe more like 8. Fiddy, are you ready to go to Livewire? Are you in a good enough physical condition to take us to the Livewire? Yeah. All right, let's do it, J.D. (laughs) What you got? And we, we have a saying whenever we say something... That, you know, is... He's not ready. You're not ready for this segment. <laughs> no. Not after hearing you talking about suck the meat out of the head. Oh, and... gosh. Okay, crawfish, people. Crawfish. <laughs> just... Let's just add a little tiny bit of context here. I'm just not there. Um, Before we get to any sound, have y'all been on Twitter within the last 35 minutes or so? Yes. Have y'all have. seen Brian Burns' tweet? Yes, I have. With Tell the, the people. With the keep pounding and then the panther blue and the black heart. That's right. Are we wanting to read in between the lines here and and, and believe that we, we, we've got maybe an answer on his future? Like maybe that's him hinting that I'm not going anywhere, I'm good? Or is this just good old-fashioned player using social media to force the team's hand about keeping him in Carolina? Uh, I think something might be in the works uh, when we see a tweet like that. And I see somebody, I see Miller Muse tweeted him talking about uh, take a team-friendly contract. Oh, you're reading the replies. Stop. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 you don't come across a lot of good stuff when you read the replies. I, I, I oh, do. Yeah, you do. I love it. I do, <laughs> find it funny. Yeah. I do find it interesting. It comes on the heels of what we found out from Joe Person's information about how the deal at the beginning of the year seemed to actually run somewhat in the higher level of what people were thinking. Like There was some people who thought the Panthers were down in the $20 million range, but the fact that they were closer to 27, 28, not necessarily approaching 30, but basically in a scenario where he was tied for the third highest pass rusher numbers in the league, I mean, he maybe has come to the realization that, hey, I probably wasn't a bad deal given the production he had. Well, and, and so we can preface it by understanding Joe is amazing at what he does. Like, this is the guy that has great coverage on the Carolina Panthers. When I read that, we can also understand that the source telling Joe that $27 million for a oh, five came, twenty it, came, came for the Panthers. Right. And so that's the thing. Okay. I'm not saying that they were lying about it. I just want to know because at first it was reported that they weren't really budging off of 24. I think that's as high as you were mentioning. Mm-hmm. The initial reporting was about 24 right. annually. So maybe they did get up to $27 million. And if that's true, then that means Brian Burns was the guy that wasn't budging but, at all. But the other part of this, they, were, they had a very finite time to work on this and and the act that they were waiting until bosa got his number that was the big thing that they wanted to make sure they were not going to do anything until bosa got his number bosa got his number so close to the season that it left them a very finite time before the start of the season to actually get something on the table in a discussion and a back and forth happening yeah i thought the same thing and uh you know like i said i maintain i felt like he should have just continued his holdout until he got what he wanted but 
you know, it went down how it went down. Well, so, it at least resolved the issue. Right. So at least he says keep pounding. He gives us a couple of heart emojis after we all talk about the Brian Burns situation. We'll could see what happens with franchise tag. Too. Could be. Could be a goodbye tweet. I was going to say, it could be the other way. You're right. <laughs> what else you got for us, Fitty? All right. So on Monday, we, we reacted to some audio about maybe Seattle being interested in trading away DK Metcalf. Um, to try to rebuild that roster under their new head coach. <clears throat> well, Mike Salky joined Kyle Bailey earlier this week to talk about what a potential trade package for DK Metcalf could look like. And trading DK Metcalf would give them some of those resources. If they couldn't get back at least a first-round pick, if not a whole lot more than that, you know, I, I don't think that you go through with that. You just, you know, make do. But I just, I'm just one of those guys who's not. I don't believe in, in building your team with with wide receiver being their premier position that everything is kind of built around. I don't think most of the teams that are built that way end up winning the Super Bowl. So if it's me, I'd rather kind of rejigger the way my team is built and try to get bigger and better on the offense and defensive line. And if I have to sacrifice a little bit of receiver, so be it. Walker, we'll start with you. Do you agree with that assessment that he doesn't the, the best way to, to build a Super Bowl contender is to win up front? Or do you look at maybe what Cincinnati has done where they've had all the skill position talent in the world and, and realize if you got the guy at quarterback, you can overcome not being exceptional in the trenches still get to a Super Bowl. Yeah, conventional wisdom for a long time was saying the further away you got from the football, the less important you were. I don't think that's necessarily as true anymore. I do think wide receivers have a big impact on winning. The the argument against it is, oh, well, Kansas City just won, and we've continued to destroy what their wide receiver position looks like. Okay, so I guess the caveat can be, if you have Pat Mahomes, who is the best I've ever seen, then you can win that way. But even they won a Super Bowl with Tyreek Hill, who we would argue is nothing less than, what, a top three wide receiver in the NFL, certainly here, and even with Kansas City. I think wide receivers are important. I don't know if I'd go that far. I would say there are plenty of ways to build a football team, and if the Seahawks, after having gone over a decade without having a strong offensive line and a defense that gets destroyed by two smart offensive play callers and Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan in season, then I understand the identity change they want to undergo. Remember when Cam started calling all these dudes game managers and everybody went completely sideways? I don't know if I'd use that term on some of the guys he was calling game managers, but what he was trying to say was simplistically this. There are maybe three dudes in this league that might even be too many. But there are three dudes who are in this league who are above everybody else. Mahomes, Allen, and whoever the third guy is your choice. Some people say Lamar. Others, you know, put other guys in the category, whatever. But there's that top tier, and then there's everybody else. And so when you're in the everybody else scenario, you need better players around. You need better wide receivers. You need better offensive line. There are probably three or four dudes in this league who can overcome the deficiencies to win for this league. And then the people are going to pack and say, well, why'd you trade for a first round pick to get somebody who wasn't on that list? Those guys don't grow on trees. It doesn't happen. They are once in a generation type guys, maybe two if you're lucky. Yeah, uh, you know, it'll never change, man. It's always going to be to build a team up front. I dare you to find me a, a champion. Hell, find me a national champion, a Super Bowl champion that didn't at least have a, a, a top five offensive line into the Joe Burrow, you know, Cincinnati Bengals deal. When it came down to it in those finals plays, what was their doom? It was their line. Aaron Donald came through there and made the plays that ended the game for the Cincinnati Bengals. So, uh, you know, football is never going to change as far as you need to be 
uh, really, really good up front if you want to have a chance and if you want to get to the playoffs and win in cold weather or any type of weather and get to a Super Bowl or, uh, you know, win a championship of any sort. Well, I understand your point, but also, like, it's funny because you can go to Seattle, who won a Super Bowl, and their offensive line actually just wasn't good. But right, the year they, they won the championship, their O-line was pretty good. They ran the ball very well with Marshawn Lynch, and they protected uh, Russell oh, Wilson pretty decent. They weren't top five. Their offensive line was not very well, good we'll that year. We'll have to get the research team on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's – yeah, I'm with you. Like, offensive I know, line is I know tough, that but. Seattle had issues during those years with the offensive line, but the year that they won the Super Bowl, I, and then I, get I, there. I would like to look at that. Yeah, all right. I, I think they were pretty Drum! good. Drum! Jump! Evaluate the offensive line play. <laughs> That'll do it for Willie P. Joining us in the Planted Kia Studios, the voice of Charlotte FC. Of course, you can hear those broadcasts right here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Willie, we appreciate the time. And tell some people some information on how they can go out and experience the game this weekend or just where they can hear us. Tickets at charlottefootballclub.com slash tickets. 7.30 kick Saturday. Come early. It's going to be a lot of fun. Brand new kit is being uh, obviously showcased for the first time. And if you can't make it out the bank, America Stadium. Catch Jess and I, 7 o'clock, not only on WFNZ, but on the Charlotte FC Radio Network. We might be on XM2 this weekend, too, which might be nice. And if you do watch the broadcasts, you can check us out underneath the pretty pictures by using the home audio option, home radio audio option on Apple TV. Thanks, Willie. We appreciate it, man. Thank you, boys. appreciate that, man. Thanks for hanging out with us. Appreciate you guys. Willie P. hanging out with us in the Planet Kia Studios. We have a couple more segments to go on Wes and Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Welcome back, folks. You are immersed in the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The DraftKings text line has been, did I get it wrong again? FanDuel. Sorry, FanDuel. Uh, you know, they run them so much. But the FanDuel text line, 704-570-9610. It's been jumping today. Hit the follow button on those social medias. WFNZ on Twitter and Instagram at West Bryan underscore 72 at HCB underscore Josh and at Walker mail on Twitter and Instagram. And most importantly at Wesson Walker on Twitter, hit that follow button and Walker. I got to I got to give you the credit. So Seattle's offensive line was not that great uh, during that time period for sure. But we still know that for the most part, you know, you've had some outliers every now and again that have been really good, but I'm always going to be in the belief that you got to have those. Oh uh, yeah. Well, look, that's big bosses up front, but that, and, and right. Like, I think that was my point. It's, it's, so if you're trying to pigeonhole teams, if you build this way, then that is the way that is the best way to build. Okay. Like maybe if you're writing a build your team for NFL dummies thing, it's a great way to start. That might be true. But also, man, when you have a special talent like a Jamar Chase, if you think he's going to be a top four receiver, Panay Sewell's awesome. He's very good, and I don't think they regret drafting Panay Sewell if he's their choice. But Jamar was crazy. And they get to the Super Bowl in Cincinnati where you are a drive away, but the guy that gets through the offensive line, which wasn't good at all, like to your point, the offensive line was terrible. It takes, what, a top however many defensive player of all time to eventually break that. Like there are just different ways to do it, but the offensive line as a Panther fan. Yeah. You need to address that big time, especially if you want to protect Bryce. Yeah. And even when you look at the offensive line rankings, the final ones from PFF, the two Super Bowl participants didn't have lines that were rated very highly. You have Kansas city sitting there 
uh, at 18th, and then you have the 49ers uh, 21st. But when you go look at the top 10, it was still littered with the playoff teams, whether you talk about Philadelphia, Detroit, uh, the Colts, the Falcons, the Ravens, the Bills. Uh, you also had the Cowboys in there, the Dolphins. So a lot of the playoff teams still in there that, that had some of the best old lines. For a while, the healthiest offensive lines were the ones that were reaching the Super Bowl. And I remember talking about that with Ron Rivera and Spartanburg one time. Mm-hmm. When the Panthers were coming off of their Super Bowl season, that offensive line, I think they played every single snap together. At least they started every game. They had the most continuity. 2016, the Falcons offense goes crazy. Shanahan is in charge of it. Matt Ryan wins the MVP. But that offensive line also, I believe, was the healthiest group going into that Super Bowl. You're right to bring up Philadelphia because they've had a top five offensive line for the last 10 years or so. So, yeah, like there was a run where if you didn't have a, a great offensive line, then odds are you probably weren't in the Super Bowl for like, it's probably a five-year stretch or so. All right, that's a great segue because what we're going to do right now, we're going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to be Dr. Frankenstein uh, in this thing. We're going to take the parts of some of the best players in the NFL and build the perfect offensive lineman and the perfect wide receiver, mm. which are the two positions that the Panthers need the most. And I'll get this thing kicked off. Which one you want to do first, Walker? Offensive lineman or wide receiver? I'm most prepared for wide receiver. Okay. So let's do wide receiver. <laughs> All right. So starting out first, which wide receiver would you like their brain? And this could encompass a lot of things. Football IQ. Uh, I, I also encompass route running uh, with this as well. And so for my receiver that I'm going to put in there, Give me the brain of Devontae Adams, arguably the best route runner uh, in the game. Very savvy guy, sets guys up all the time. Uh, like I said, he's one of the more savvy receivers that we've seen. He seems to be always open whether or not the quarterback can get him the ball. Yeah, and you can help us out, too, on the FanDuel text line if you want to. That's right. You guys get in this, too. I, I you know, definitely did this uh Topic with fans in mind. Yeah, seven zero four five seven zero ninety six ten. I don't know why. It just I'm I'm trying to go find a guy that doesn't have the craziest physical ability with the brain. What about Amon Ross St. Brown? Okay, just always knows where to find that leverage with the defense. Always open over the middle of the field. Also like physical that. and good with the football in his hands. Like I shouldn't say. Yeah, he's he's good physically. I'm just trying to find some of these guys up towards the top. But I think Amon Ross St. Brown's a really smart football player. No, I think he is, too. I think that's a great choice. So now we go to hands, arguably the most important part of the wide receiver. And, Walker, you'd probably be surprised uh, with my choice. I mean, right, so many great options. But I went with Michael Pittman Jr., okay? This wow. guy had 109 receptions, only three drops on the season. That's a dependable guy, man. I'll throw you the football. I want you to be able to catch it and come down with it. And I want to have all the confidence in the world that you're going to do so. So 109 receptions, only three drops. I like those types of odds. Michael Pittman, I've seen make some pretty impressive catches before. Yeah. I'm going to go Justin Jefferson. I just think of him as a wow guy. He, he is. Kirk Cousins, before this year where he was off to a great start and then got hurt. But a lot of those were, all right, Justin, just go get it, man. Like, I remember the catch in particular against Buffalo, where it's like a third and 16, third and 20, something like that. And he goes up, and I'm not even sure how he's able to bring it down. But if we could create the wide receiver for Bryce Young, and then you have the brains of Amon Ross, St. Brown, but also, can you just get him somebody to go throw it up? And hey, I, I trust you. I'm struggling back here. Can you go get it? Michael Pittman is one of those dudes, especially with his size, but also Justin Jefferson. It just feels like he brings them all in. Yeah. All right. So now when we go to. Uh, the arms and this can go into, you know, upper body and uh, 
as well. And so I went with Nico Collins. Uh, he led wide receivers in, in broken tackles this year. I took Nico Collins from the Houston Texans, man. So give me that guy that I can throw him the football, and, you know, with those big arms and some of those uh, attributes that he's got, he's going to break those tackles for me. You went upper body is what you're saying here? Yeah, arms, upper body, slash, you know, I took Nico Collins because of all those broken tackles. I think a one guy. Mm-hmm. Probably pretty easy just based off of the eye test. Mm-hmm. Give me DK Metcalf. Okay, yeah. That's a good choice as well. Well, Fitty, uh, sagebrush grunt over there with <laughs> DK Metcalf. I'm going DK Metcalf upper body. That, dude's eat, that dude eats candy and still looks like that. Come on over, man. You can be that guy for me. Yeah, he's definitely uh, built like a, a statue. There's no question <laughs> about it. And then for the legs, which can encompass speed, uh, you know, give me Tyreek Hill, the fastest man in the NFL. I need that speed out there, man. If, if I could put this type of receiver together, it's going to be a real problem out here. But let me get those legs of Tyreek Hill, man, that can generate all that speed and velocity going to science class on you. You can be the guy for me. Let me get those legs from Tyreek Hill. These are phrases that I'm sure Fiddy is trying to isolate. For me, <laughs> I, I saw somebody write in Keenan Allen. I think it was Wolfpack James, yeah. who also agrees with the DK Metcalf. Like, but it's the route running. So if we're trying to pin route running more towards the brain, then I would go Keenan Allen over Amon Ross St. Brown. The legs, I might go with Keenan as well. But you you can't go away from Tyreek, who's the fastest thing I've seen in the NFL, at yeah. least at the wide receiver position that also has the strength. That's the thing about Tyreek, right? Straight line speed. Well, okay, we just put any 100-meter dash sprinter in there and see what they can do but Tyreek can change on a dime it's hard to go anywhere outside of Tyreek in that category. yeah we got on the text line the DraftKings text line bagel guy writes in for brain he says uh Cooper Cup we see uh Nuke Hopkins hands DeAndre Hopkins that is for those that don't know from a 704 number and got a couple of DKs as well got a 256 number saying the speed uh of DK Metcalf had a lay Fitzgerald a shout out on that too from Trey from downtown. I don't know which body part he wanted there, but we're only doing current players. So yeah, if we could go through history, then yeah, it would be really cool. <laughs> All right, so transitioning over to uh, offensive linemen, to which we added another uh, category to that one. We still have the same ones as before, but uh, this time we're going to add the feet because that is very important uh, for an offensive lineman. But we're going to start out just like we did at uh, wide receiver. And so uh, give me the brain of Trent Williams, okay? The nastiest SOB in the game. I like the mentality, the aggression he brings to the position. Sometimes it might spill over. He might give somebody a little chuck, a little punch or something after the play. Nothing wrong with that, man. When you play down on the offensive line, you got to let them know you're not playing any game. So give me the brain of Trent Williams, not to mention his football IQ is up there with the best of them. Plus, he's older than everybody else on this list. He's been in the league for quite some time. He's done it in a couple of different systems. Trent Williams is my answer too. That you could would he be the wrong answer for any of these categories? I mean, I I, I definitely <laughs> have variety in my answers, but I did have to double up on on one. Uh, does, does does Frankenstein just look like a carbon copy of Trent Williams? That's my question. <laughs> Once we're done completing this monster, I yeah. think he plays left tackle for San Francisco. He just might, man. So you know, he was also my selection for hands as well because you know you got to get that good punch as an offensive lineman. That first punch 
is the key to everything, especially, uh, you know, pass blocking or run blocking. Once you get those paws on somebody, man, you got to make them stop in their tracks and be able to do what you want them to do. So give me Trent Williams, though, zero sacks allowed on 561 pass block reps, uh, only 20 pressures allowed. That's a guy that once he gets those hands on you, you ain't going nowhere. You know who else is like that? This is a fun one for me. I love watching this guy pass block. That's right. There's actually a guy I enjoy watching pass block. Okay. Christian Derisaw will put you on the ground. Okay. Right now. Big man. Yeah. And he's like going to stand too. over you. And I wouldn't mind going with him with the nasty factor too. Not just Trent Williams. He has to be the answer. You have to go with Trent as number one. But I wouldn't mind going with Derisaw. His film is fun. It's very Derek <laughs> Brown-esque where he just throws dudes to the ground. Pass protection for him specifically. It's not just him trying to clear lanes for whoever the running back is. He'll throw down the pass rusher by taking a couple steps back. Boom! Pancake! Retreating! It's fun to watch him do that. All right. Uh, we got an 803 number said, don't forget that Trent Williams punt Richard Sherman in the face. Yeah, I remember that uh, at the end of that Washington <laughs> Seattle game. I'll De- take his hands too. <laughs> Dean in Annapolis says, what about Hart for the wide receivers? Some dudes just have that nastiness to them like Smitty and Hines Ward. I feel like this is Gene Hackman from The Replacements. What about Hart? <laughs> Who's got that for wide receiver? Have you seen that movie, Wes, or no? Uh, it's been on several times, but I've never watched it. It it never seemed like the type of football movie that I would enjoy like that. I think, I think you would. I think you would love it. Coach Jimmy McGinty. I'm going to give it a watch. I'll, I'll have him coach my fake all-star movie football team. I'll give it a watch. There's Fitty back there again with his reaction. Yeah, he's know, mad at you. Stuff he's it's one of my seen. favorites, too. I think you should watch it. <laughs> all right. Uh, then for arms, uh, I went with big man, Jordan Melata from the Philadelphia Eagles, one of the best offensive linemen in the game. Oh, yeah, and he's six foot eight, 365 pounds, so that means those arms are pretty long. I'll take that all day, every day. Yeah, I'll go Tyron Smith, big old wingspan. Oftentimes keeps guys at bay and just also an athletic freak, too. Just gets hurt a little too much. But, yeah, give me the arms of one Tyron Smith who's been doing it for a while. Okay, well, he definitely made my list, but not uh, for that category. Because as we go to the legs, give me Big Panay Sewell. PFF's top-rated run blocker out there on the offensive line. That is a big, massive man that moves other massive men out of the way on run plays. I need those legs so I can get that drive on my run blocking. I think... This is true of Tristan Wirfs, who I'm going to roll with here. Okay. Tristan Wirfs, I believe, gave us the classic jumping out of a pool video before the draft hit. Yes, very athletic. We see that every once in a while, but I just remember Wirfs doing it most recently. So give me Tristan Wirfs. If you can jump out of a pool, you can play offensive line for me. I like that. Uh, Brian, again, checking in on the text line. He's still on the wide receiver tip, but he says brains Adam Thielen. He was a guy that I... Almost had a thought to put him in for the hands because he didn't drop much this year. The hands of DeAndre Hopkins, the arms of Mike Evans, and the legs of Tyreek. And then we have Brewer Aaron uh, on the text line that says the humor of Quinn and Williams. Sorry. He is uh, funny. He is wrong position here. But if we build a defensive <laughs> lineman, if you guys like it enough, we might do some other positions. But, uh, yeah. All right. So for the feet, uh, 
that's where I go with Tyron Smith right there because he was PFF's highest rated uh, pass blocker with an 89.3. And one of the big keys also besides having hands uh, and football IQ, man, is you got to be able to have feet to play out there uh, on that offensive line, mainly at offensive tackle. If you're going to be blocking these freaks that they got out there running 4'4", 260, 270 pounds. So, yeah, give me the feet of Tyron Smith. I got Teron Armstead. Teron Armstead. He's a great selection too. Just just the the athletic freak coming out of Pine Bluff, instantly making an impact for those Saints teams, just hurt all the time too. I've got a couple of those guys, but crazy athlete that has great feet out there on the left side. So give me Teron Armstead to complete my Frankenstein offensive tackle. I like that. Uh, Fitty, you know, I, I would have loved to have gotten you in on this. I think it would have been interesting to see what your uh, Frankenstein would have been able to build. Do you have been able to build? Do you have uh, any off the top of the dome that you could go through? How no body part of Zach Martin made either of your offensive linemen. Well, he's getting old and washed, so, you know. He's still the best right guard in football. I don't know about that one. How well does he pull on run plays? He's the best. Yeah, he's the best that there is. I was creating a tackle. You know, I thought about going to the guard position, and I left them all out, for sure. I was discriminating against guards here, but I just wanted to create a left tackle because I want a really, really good one again. Yeah, uh, you know, fitted to your Zach Martin comment. He had a 68 grade this year. He's oh, 18th in the NFL. I don't so. give a crap what some geek Deep in their in mother's basement. basement. Yeah, yeah, guys, guys that end up becoming coaches in the NFL and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you know. I mean, the, there was one game know? all year I looked at Zach Martin and thought, yeah, he's washed. And that's when Derek Brown threw him around for three hours. Outside of that, still the best right guard I've ever seen. And I had, I had some for the wide receiver. Let's hear it. Oh, I got to tell you off the air. Oh, You're going to go with I Antonio Brown. It. Yeah, <laughs> I think I know where this is. I think I know where this is going. Stop. And on that, folks, on that note, I think it's time for us to go to a commercial break. When we come back, we close this thing down, what we're watching, all the good stuff on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. It's been a disaster. We have people writing in on the text line, contributing to our Frankenstein make a player, wide receiver, offensive line, explored that last segment. Somebody said, Wes Bryant, what about him? We'll ask the man himself. (laughs) If we were to take one aspect of left tackle Wes Bryant's game and apply it to the blind side protector for Bryce Young, what would that aspect of your game be? You had good feet? Yeah, man, no doubt about it, man. I still like to show it off. Me and my son, you know, we go through the foot ladder. Uh, when we work out, man, and I still like to, you know, show him off every now and again. But, you know, my coach at Wake Forest, he once made me go back through the ropes uh, before at the end of winter conditioning just because I had never touched the ropes the whole uh, winter conditioning. So he just told me to go back just to go back. That's impressive. Man, go back. He's like, man, just go back. He's like, you never touch the ropes. Go back. Okay. I was like, all right. (laughs) Yeah, that's the problem. You set the bar too high. Yeah. When you just want to mail it in every once in a while. Yeah, I remember that, you know, my first winter conditioning at Wake. Oh, God. Don't take me back to that. 515. Oh, sounds the, terrible. Oh, yeah, it was it was rough. You, I've never had more anxiety before doing something in football than that. My first one in conditioning at Wake Forest when I knew we had to be in the in the gym at 515. I did not sleep good that whole night. I kept waking up every hour just worrying about what they were going to do to us uh, that, morning, <laughs> that morning. But uh, the ropes we had high ropes was one of our conditioning drills. And I just remember I'd go through it every time and 
you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch the ropes. And so, like I said, he just made me go back. Okay. So we'll, we'll take the feet of Wes Bryant yeah, man, and then apply feet. them to the blind side protector here for Bryce Young. Wish we could do that. I, we'll just let you keep them. We'll just let you keep them. Right, we won't take them feet, from man. you. Yeah, for sure. All right. I want to start doing something differently with the last segment of the show. We were talking about it in the fishbowl. And so one of those things, we could either have leftover takes. We could talk about what we're watching. That's not all that different. We'll create some imaging. We'll try to get this thing off of the ground. One thing I did want to do, though, was start a random question generator. And whatever question pops up, we got to think and, you know, try to figure out, okay, what will we do in that scenario? Here's a question that is completely random. If you were handed $500 at this very moment, how would you spend it? You can text us to 704-570-9610. Fitty, do you have anything that you would spend your money on? If you were given $500 right now, I know you were talking about almost pulling the trigger when you were shopping Nike yesterday, but you just couldn't find yourself to do it. If I gave you 500 would you do it then? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 500 I would probably go to Fanatics. Yeah, and just, just ball out. You know, I've got a card of about three hundred dollars worth of stuff sitting in there right now. I'm waiting for the next uh, <laughs> sale to go on. But yeah, I'd go to Fanatics and get me a good shipment of fan gear. You know what? Lame answer. I'd probably start to get this saltwater aquarium off the ground just a little bit. No, that'd be great. Nerd. That's what you're into. I'm here for that. Just try to, you know, finally, finally jump into the game. I'm still the freshwater scrub. I need to get into the saltwater game, and so $500 would help me do that. Yeah, we got some people writing in bills, bills, bills. I'll try yeah, to give you something. Yeah, that's what I would do. I'll put it on credit card. Well, you're the dad. <laughs> I'm spending mine on aquariums, and Fiddy is going to be spending it on gear at Nike. Uh, 704-570-9610. I like 704's answer. Just saying, hey, put it all on black on roulette, and we'll see if we can double it up. Damn. And if you win, then you're cooking. I don't know if that's a good thing. But if you win, it's a good thing. But then you might lose. If, very, yeah. Thing, no, yeah. it's true. If if is very true. <laughs> we have somebody saying they'd spend it on daycare. It would be like having a twenty five percent off coupon for the month. See, that's when you know you got bills yeah. and over here right there, boy. You take that money and put it towards that mm -hmm. uh, daycare. Mm -hmm. We got some really responsible people. You know, Wolfpack James saying I would go straight into my savings account. That's where I'd put it. We got a lot of people writing in Hornets Warriors tickets. Hey man, that's a high price. When you look at the schedule and you look at prices for Hornets tickets, even after their three-game winning streak, it's, okay, that's affordable, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. Boom, over 100 bucks to go see the Warriors in town. So you could say, uh, what fun purchase would you make, though? That, that's the better question. That's right. that you got to spend it uh, on something fun. And you know me, you know, if I did that, I'm going straight to the mall with it or to uh, I do know a you, sneaker yeah. website to well, uh, get some kicks. Well, now we need to tell the people what you told us in the fishbowl that I found hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you like shopping so much that you moved to the apartment complex next to Concord Mills. Yes. In order to I, at least I continue your shopping ways. Like, that's how much you love it. Yeah, I mean, it was my favorite mall, and I always wanted to live somewhere that was very convenient, surrounded by restaurants and malls and stuff like that. I always thought that that was cool. And so, yeah, man, I'm, I lived in the, the Bexley Square apartments that were right on the same plot of land as Concord Mills, man. So it was very convenient. When I came down that long <laughs> stretch on the way home, I had to make decisions sometimes. I was like, man, do I want to go swing in the mall and see what's going on on those Mondays that I used to have off swinging in now Monday mornings? Or it was very convenient, too. You know, as a moviegoer, it was right there. So I just slide over to the movies when I wanted to go see something. Yeah, that was – no, it's a smart It's a smart thing to do. Like, it's, it's funny to me that that goes into – 
Uh, it's a little too far from the mall. Uh, this ain't for me. Yeah. It's going to be close to it, but it does make sense when yeah, you start Yeah, that can affect your decisions because sometimes you're for like, sure. oh, okay, I want to go to the movies, but you're like, man, I got to drive over there, this, that, and the third. But for me, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. it's right there. Let me go. Yeah, Jordan from Durham is telling you, yes, sir, Concord Mills, that's where it's at. And so I believe Jordan from Durham might be spending money at Concord he Mills might as be well. Spending it, yeah. Uh, I have a, a bunch of great ones. We're getting a lot of text here. Nick from Belmont is telling you that he would buy Oakley shades from myself, Ralph Lauren shades from my daughter. Okay. I, just rolling out fly. Love are you it. A, a, so do you, are you a shade guy like that? And then do you go spend good money on shades? Or are you like a 20? I've done it one time okay. where I've spent a decent amount of money on shades. Mm-hmm. I used to not do it. My girlfriend, yep, brought me into Sunglass Hut. Where? At Concord Mills. Okay. Great deals. But, of course, deals there on nice sunglasses are still a lot of money. But I found a couple that I absolutely loved, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep them for a long time. I'm not going to – I know myself well enough where it's not going to be a problem. Got a pair of Oakleys and got a pair of Ralph Lauren, right? I mean, it's funny that he mentions those because I got a couple of those. Are you an aviator guy? or Not really. Do, I could see you being a slimmer glasses type of guy. I can see that. I'm not. Not an aviator guy. I don't yeah. think I don't I don't love him. Not nearly as much. Panther Bo says he would get a custom made T-shirt to Willie P saying driest brisket in Flavor Town. Seriously? <laughs> Sorry, Willie. I had to read it. I'd buy a Fidia jersey for uh, R.J. Davis when he's going to be playing in the Swiss Alps next year. <laughs> He'll be. I mean, that's, I, that's MVP of the Swiss Alps. Thank you. Right. After we celebrated and talked about your big win today and how I I want you to go dancing, this is how you this is how you treat. I was me. still laughing about that at the end of the show yesterday because you thought it was so funny and I yeah, thought it was funny. He did. Fitty did like that insult. Well, that's pretty funny. Nine eight zero said my daughter's first birthday party next week. Happy early birthday to your daughter. And seven zero four writes in. I would spend it on my wife. Take points whenever given a chance, and she can turn on you quickly if you don't take those points. You got to give us a name, though, man, so your wife knows that you would spend it all on your wife. Because now I just know it as a 704 number. Uh oh, so uh, Walker Ronnie from points. Troutman said he got the hookup on the uh, the Oakleys. Okay. Yeah, got a plug, Oakley plug. See, I go to the stand in the middle of the mall that you can get the two for 30 joints. That's yeah. fire, like, because I'm a big aviator right. guy. The bigger the aviators, the better. <laughs> So, you know, damn near covering my nose, they so big, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so so you just just basically a monster pair of sunglasses for you that doesn't cost yeah, very much. Yeah, you know, go get me a little two for 30. Mm-hmm. I do like the Oakleys, though. My, my favorite pair, they broke. But in high school, going into college, I used to have a pair of Oakleys with Lil John on the inside. An oh, actual, wow. like, drawing of Lil John dancing. And I thought they were the coolest and they broke. I was devastated. All right, let's move on. What are we watching tonight? Fiddy, you start us off here. What are you going to be watching? Oh, it's Guys Night at the Marlowe Mansion. That means we're continuing season one of The Sopranos. My cousin was, I think he was into it, but kind of a slow start. Didn't get hooked right away like he did with Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad. But the last episode where you got to see Anthony Soprano be Anthony Soprano, he's all in now and... uh Said some questionable comments the other night while we were sitting there watching the show. Something you can share or not? He just said he wonders if there's a mob in Union County, and if not, maybe we should start one. A lot of mob talk today. Storing people for corn, huh? (laughs) 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 Who's out here cutting down my stalks? I could see that getting real. 10% of any corn I want in. (laughs) What you got? Uh, I'll be watching ACC basketball tonight, you know, cutting those highlights. I got Miami in the Clemson game. See if Duke uh, goes down to Dade County and comes back with the L. We'll see. 
Jackson writes in, by the way, Walker, I had the T-Pain oil rig Oakley's for my sixth grade birthday. Miss him so much. So you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Guys, what am I watching tonight? You know what I'm watching tonight. It's going to be the great transition into the Kyle Bailey show. The newest fan of this series. Love is blind. It's dropping. Oh, I got to wait till this weekend before I get back on it. I'm binging the hell out of it. I'll try not to spoil it for you because I'm watching it tonight. That's happening at the Walker Mail household. And I will tell you all about it once Wes gets caught up. I'm sure Kyle (laughs) will, too. It's Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Thanks for hanging out with us. Keep it right here for the Kyle Bailey Show, of course, alongside Smoke Ludwig. We'll be back with you tomorrow from 12 to 3 on 92.7 FM.